0: Hey everybody, this is Daryl with Afterbus TV. Did you know that TrueCar.com is changing car buying forever? Yes, everyday TrueCar users receive negotiation-free guaranteed savings. Now, some features are not available in all states, but that's okay. In the first six months of this year, over 275,000 cars were sold by the TrueCar Certified Dealer Network. TrueCar users save an average of $3,221 off of their MSRP. When you're ready to buy a car, just follow these three easy steps. First, go to TrueCar.com and find out what people pay for the car you're looking for. Then register at TrueCar.com to see upfront pricing information and lock in your savings. The third step is so simple. Just print out your TrueCar savings certificate and take it to the TrueCar certified dealer for a better, hassle-free car buying experience. Remember, everyday TrueCar users receive negotiation-free guaranteed savings. Save your time, save money, and never overpay. Visit truecar.com today. That's truecar.com. You're tuning into the online broadcast network, AfterBuzz TV. Over 20 million weekly downloads in over 150 countries and your number one source for after-show entertainment. <laughs>
1: Yeah. Oh yeah. Welcome. After Buzzers, football fans. Monday night football week seven. We have the Steelers versus the Texans. I'm your host, Christina Kaplan. I'm joined by.
2: I am Kevin John. And I'm Steph Z in the house.
3: Yeah. Hold so, on.
2: I, that is swaggy Steph Z. Yeah, come <laughs> swaggy on. Swaggy Steph
3: Z.
1: I love our fans. They're real nice to me sometimes. I try <laughs> my
3: best. All the time. <laughs> well, we I know
1: Steph Z is the number one on she this is. on this panel here. She's
2: already getting texts from fans I right know, now. Oh, gosh. Come
1: on. I'm not. Let's go back to football. It was Hashtag. an awesome game tonight. Yeah, it was. It super was super fun. Um, yes, like I said, Texans versus Steelers. Steelers won, thirty to twenty-three. So I was not right in my prediction. I took, I was taking the Texans. Oh, yeah, can see um, it yeah,
2: yeah. Can we go back and verify who said who again? I'm,
3: um, I'm coming. Nah. You, well, by the way, you're saying it. I'm guessing you picked the freaking Steelers, right? Well, you know, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just can curious. We back? Wait, no, actually,
0: back.
1: Actually, let me just. Um, We need to make a little mention of the uh, slaughtering that happened this weekend and Peyton Manning setting the new record for touchdown passes with 509. Passing up Brett Favre and on his way murdering the 49ers. <laughs> murdering. I like, I like how you added it, The mur- murdering.
2: The annihilation of the Niners. Yeah. Yes. Let me say this about my Niners, okay? Uh, you you wait, get, wait, 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 wait. Before
1: you say it, I texted Kevin that day and I said, yikes. And he said, we're a second half team. <laughs> and in the second half, they just. Sure. You, you know what? You know what? Thought, that is true. That oh, is very true. I can man. verify that. But
2: you got to realize, the Niners—they knew the historic moment of that day. Oh, so they just let they Peyton understood have it. the okay. prestige behind that award. They could and have the Niners, scored
3: one more touchdown and he still would have
2: it. They wanted to be very humble. Naive, you know, their kids are watching, yeah. and they wanted to put on a good message for the kids and say, "Look, totally. when somebody is winning a coveted award or a let record, him, let them win by twenty-five you points." It. You know, and that's all the Niners. <laughs> doing. I mean, they could have easily came and ruined Peyton's parade, but you know what? They were going to do that. They were going to be respectful and, and when they meet up, if they meet up with the Broncos in the Super Bowl again this year, they will absolutely demoralize, destroy, and beat them. See, at so. least
3: I can take it when we lose. You can't <laughs> take it, can you? No, I'm saying this. Okay. Am I taking we it? Get, First we, of all... We got
1: Hall, yeah, we have, another, we have another exciting true. point for our Jets fan here, yeah. but... I want to know what you, how you, what you think of this because let me give you a little bit of backstory that I found out is that Percy Harvin Exclusive. got into an altercation I heard with this. Golden yeah. Tate and Russell Wilson. His bad attitude, yes. And you know, apparently he didn't make a lot of friends in the locker room. He didn't know a lot of people. He yeah. came into it kind of a hard Honestly, guy to get along with.
3: If you think about the Jets, and I love my Jets, I bleed green. I would never
1: known. Half of them... Half of them are the bad boys. But he also comes from the same area that Michael Vick came from. So that might be the key to Percy Harvin in this locker
3: room and I don't say this just because I'm from New York or because I'm from a Jets fan I think playing for New York is a very different thing than playing for Seattle if you think about it just think about one of the last big thing that's happened and just follow me here for a second all the Tim Tebow praise and the Tebowing and the this and the that and every time he would talk at a conference he would talk about God and stuff and I have no problem people can believe whatever they want that's not what I'm trying to say But that was, when he was in Denver, they played that up to like a 10. When he, as soon as he started being interviewed in New York, that was at like a 3. Like, it's just a completely different thing. And the fact that he's got a bad attitude, cool, let him take it out on the field. Like, I feel like in New York, like, they're not scared of that. They're, if the guy can play ball, let's figure out what we need in order him to play ball. If he wants to punch somebody in the locker room and they punch him back, and if on the field they can play, sweet, we're happy.
2: I completely understand where you're coming from. And I, I admit, Percy Harvin is probably one of the most just uh, explosive, feared Playmakers um, in the NFL. But you have to look at it like this as well. It's a team sport. So that team camaraderie, that chemistry, that bond in the locker room is critical. Because you've seen it with star receivers who were cancers to the locker room. Terrell Owens. All right? And you've seen what happened to him. Great player. One of the best of all time. Randy Moss towards the end of his career. Um, But I'm I'm saying I just
3: don't think it's going to fly as much there. Like, I think he's going to have a – like, he's like, I'm going to New York so I need to like Well geographically that's where he's headed. Yes, but, but, also, but I think it's different. I mean we'll see. I know. And, and there's so many other factors too. Like is he really gonna make Geno Smith step up his game?
1: Who knows? Well that's what I'm interested to see is that dynamic between Gino and Percy, because Gino's had a little bit of a hot ha- you know, hot head lately. So I'm wondering They almost
2: beat the pets.
1: Well, I'm wondering what how that dynamic is going to form, whether it's going to be, you know, good, they're gonna click and It'll start flowing, helping their offense out, or if they're going to butt heads. The thing is, when you have somebody like
2: Percy Harvin, who is a triple threat, I mean, he can line up anywhere. He can line up in a backfield. He can line up as a receiver. Hell, he could even do wildcat and line up as a quarterback. So when you have somebody that is that... Um Agile and that multiple threat that takes pressure off the quarterback. So, Gino would be able to get in the groove, you know, throwing screens to Percy Harvin and just allowing Percy to do what he does best. So, I think it's an addition to Gino Smith. I think it's an addition to the Jets, you know. Um,
3: The name, the name is, is, is escaping me right now. I was trying to look it up, but actually, what, what I want in a perfect world would be Gino not to be able to show a difference now that we've got some good receivers there now. You know, like our offensive line. Sure, he could have more time. Whatever. We got some good receivers there, um, and I know we need. We want to move on. But I've heard, as far as last week, that the Jets are in the position maybe to get the Oregon quarterback, whose his name is escaping me. Right? Oh, Marcus Mariota. Yes, that's oh. exactly it. Yeah. So I want you know to suck it, and then us get a new quarterback and get maybe a new coach, maybe a new general manager, and fresh start.
2: Well, you know, I'm gonna take it up a but step further. A- the latest exclusive that I heard um, as far as the Jets quarterback situation is going is get this coming out of retirement Brett Favre is actually going back to the Jets to regain the record back from Peyton. True story.
3: It was all it was all no all, way. I just wanted you know to see what? your expression. I'll take I'll take, I'll take Brown I'll take him as a quarterback. Do you see that
2: throw he yeah. threw tonight? I'll take him. <laughs> I know, right? And that was sweet. Uh, great segue too. Yes. Yeah. yeah so um.
1: I was I was going to say, speaking of triple threats, perfect. You know, we can talk about Antonio Brown and that outrageous play. And, Left-handed, and yeah, and the Sick. Steelers. The Steelers also had another potentially outrageous play with that flea flicker that they attempted. It didn't work out, but I kind of love seeing those. And and it all kind of sparked, I think, from the Seahawks. St. Louis, the Seahawks Rams game, where did you see that fake? Where they faked him out on the punt, and the well, guy the returned, punt. yeah, yeah. They returned it for a touchdown, and they won. Yeah, they beat the Seahawks yeah.
2: exactly. Which is actually funny because it was, I, I guess, there was two fake punts if yeah. you look at it in that game. Mm-hmm. The one that the guy ran back, and then the other one that the Rams had did to seal the victory at right. the end, where they. are yeah. Through it, but you know, you, you see a lot of that. Tr- and it's with fake punts, you don't see this much. I think the last time I saw that actually executed was with Devin Hester and the Chicago Bears about three or four years ago when he did the same thing. But it's funny because, but
1: yeah, that was in 2011, and it yes. got, but it got returned or it yeah, got yeah. reversed or whatever. there was a flag on it that yes, negated yes. The, the.
2: But yeah, so and that one was executed well. But it's funny because when you're out, because I played special teams in high school um, when I wasn't the equipment manager or the tower holder. <laughs> Um, they allowed me to play. So, you know, the thing is when you play special teams and you do like a punt return or kickoff return, it's easy to get psyched out because it's hard for you to follow the ball. As soon as that ball snaps, you're just running and aiming to whoever the person is. So whoever's back there that you think the ball's going to, you're running after because you can't see the ball. And it was just so well done how, um you know, he was on the left side of the field and psyched him out. And yep. plus, Seahawks are my division rival, so I was so happy to see them, you know. Yeah. Lose in humiliating fashion.
1: Yeah. Well, the Steelers, you know, had a slow start tonight. But I think, aside from Antonio Brown, Le'Veon Bell was also, it was those two, they were the standouts for this team. Also, an important stat is uh, Brown has now surpassed Jordy Nelson as number one ranked um, in the NFL for receiving yards. He's got, where did I write that down?
2: He's got a crap load of yardage that yeah. he's accumulated through the yes, years.
1: Yes, yes. Talking
3: no. about the Steelers too, while, while you find that, let's talk about Bryant, rookie boy. You see that great his first catch yeah. in the NFL is a sick bomb touchdown. Yeah, that was pretty
1: awesome. That was
3: that just cool. makes me so happy. It's so ha- like how the other guys all run over him too. Like it's just so awesome. That they're all so aware of, like when you know Peyton Manning makes a record, or you know what I mean. Like it's very like, even though they're well, actually on did the you team, see what the Broncos
2: did to Peyton yesterday after he got that record? Yeah, they're playing people away. That was awesome. But it's the ball. Like, was, because
1: they love it. But yeah, yeah. they they
2: obviously were you yeah. know praising him. With- yeah.
1: So Brown now has 719 receiving yards this season. Le'Veon Bell is behind Demarco Murray and Arian Foster, number three in rushing yards this yeah. season. So the two of them combined, they had they both had monster. games. Brown had nine receptions for 90 yards. Bell has eight receptions for 88 yards, a touchdown, 12 carries, and 57 rushing yards. So, do you think those two guys are the most potent running back wide receiver duo in any offense in the NFL right now? Um, I don't know. I mean,
2: (sighs) if you look around, okay, you have... uh, Let's see. Well, you yeah, have
1: Marshawn Lynch and, well, no longer Percy Harvey.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
1: well, I would have said that, but. Maybe no. we'll have Chris Doug Ivory, Baldwin,
2: not, I guess. Chris Ivy and What about Frank Gore in? and Michael Crabtree?
1: Crabtree, okay, Colin Kaepernick, if we're gonna go back to the 49ers, <laughs> to say that. Colin Kaepernick is a particular quarterback in that he will choose one receiver, two receivers to throw to the entire game. So Crabtree, as good of a receiver as he is, I feel like sometimes does not, it does not translate because Kaepernick doesn't throw to him, or he'll you know give but him a right. couple he targets. The but then he'll have those yeah. big games where he's throwing to him the entire game. So that's why mm. I'm basing it off of these rankings. The in crazy amount. I mean, obviously, Demarco Murray is crushing everyone. Oh, in rushing crazy. right now. He's this seven games with hundred plus rushing yards, never been done before. Yeah. first yeah, Sanders time Sanders
2: hasn't done it. Yeah, and
1: so he's definitely on pace. I, I mean, I hope so he Murray gets and Dez Bryant. You yeah know. no exactly okay so do you think oh, yeah. you say would you say Des and Demarco Murray are are better than Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown? Um, I, I A would better say, duo.
2: As far as you mean, right now who's hot or just in general? Like who would this I, season, I, who would I take? so
1: far this season, what you've seen between those two, those four guys? I would take Bell. And Brown. I would.
2: I would take Bryant and Murray, uh, and the the reason why is even though Bryant, if you look, uh, what was it the game before last when they beat the Hawks, his stats were not. You know, out of this world. Right. But he had some of the most critical catches when the game was on the line. If you looked at the, the Cowboys game before that, it was the overtime game when, um, he le- uh, Bryant
3: had that ridiculous catch over. I mean, um, even at the Giants game this weekend, he just, he makes
1: plays. Exactly.
3: He, he and he, it's like, you know, the ball's Beats. going to him. It's, it's kind of happening. He's, he's
1: very consistent. Mm-hmm. And
3: I feel like there are, you know, and maybe not age-wise, like I don't mean that, but there are older, team. Mm -hmm. So they might know each other's strengths and weaknesses more so they know how to play off those. Mm -hmm. Right. You know? But um man, yeah, the Cowboys beat the Giants too. They did. did. The
2: Cowboys are six and one. I know.
3: No one thought that come on. I, I mean, it, I mean, I'm one in six, and I.
1: Everyone, season's
3: over. But
2: that's yeah, crazy
1: for the Cowboys. I, I know. I think it, it's crazy. It's shocking, but everyone's still waiting for that other shooter But drop. just real quick, They're, can I
2: can I tell you guys? I'm so sorry to cut you off, but you, you know the one loss that the Cowboys did endure the season. To, who that was, too, right? Uh,
3: no, I don't. Uh, what's that? team that, one team yeah. that no that? one what's really that cares red, about. The red. What's that team that the was red? The red and gold. And the that red weird yellow gold.
2: <laughs> <color>. <laughs> That is a- <laughs> I know That was like a half a seat. <laughs> but, anyways, that team happens to be a five time Super Bowl champion. How many of the Jets have? Okay, so anyways, as I'm you're not saying. trying to say you're, you're the
3: one defending your loss. Hey, we lost. We played a good game. We almost beat the Patriots. We got a field goal block. Happy. It was a really good we game. We didn't I butt fumble. It was Thursday. <laughs> Happy. Yeah, you're yeah. the one that's got something going on because the team lost. Speaking
1: of the butt fumble, oh, the, last time, that, it, that the last time that that was the last time they played on a Thursday. No, no, no. That oh. was the last time that so many points were scored in so little time tonight. That. Was broken because there oh, was like and they scored
3: twenty four
2: points. Yeah, three, yeah, yeah, three, yeah right. and they
1: said the last time that that happened was the butt fumble. So can't get rid of that freaking butt fumble. But let's talk about <laughs> let's talk about the Steelers I want to for YouTube a second, that real
2: quick, if we can bring it up.
1: The no. butt fumble. Yes, yeah, come, yeah, come on,
2: let's uh, producer, if you're back there, if you can uh, YouTube butt fumble, uh, Mark Sanchez, Jets, and uh, I
1: don't think you'll have to put all that in. I know, probably if you just put <laughs> just butt fumble, fumble. Butt,
3: yeah, it'll come up.
1: Anyway, moving go. on back no. to the Steelers. Yeah, I want to talk about the Steelers for a second they're four and three now
3: yeah
1: and they're listen to their three losses the Ravens the Bucks and the Browns and they got annihilated by the Browns last week what what is wrong with this Steelers team because they to me they have all the components to make a really strong team their defense played really well starting in the second quarter and on their offense, they have a very strong offense. So what's wrong with them? Why are they losing to these I mean, sorry, guys, but these well, lesser all those teams? Games on the road? You know, I'm not sure.
2: Um I, I would say one inconsistency and even if you just looked at them tonight as inconsistency. Excuse me. and All this soda I'm drinking. Yeah, yeah. That Blame it that on the show. Hear that out. Right? Um, just to let you. This is live. Whatever happens, happens. We can't edit it out, um, including my belches. So, anyways, um, if you saw the way that they start off, they start off slow. There. Their their offense was just lethargic. They couldn't move the ball. Nothing. It was
1: absolutely horrible. Their, their, often, and, their well, offense was non-existent in exactly, that first quarter. Right, like, exactly. Oh, oh the shit. shit. The Buffalo. Yes. Pause on the Steelers.
2: Me. You I mean boom, boom.
1: Just one more. Oh. Boom. Wow. Yeah. And, and that's the TV. That's cheer amazing. You that's
2: are, pretty bad. Thank you so much, Steve. See, Robert, the sad yeah.
3: thing is though, if we would have put that out, if that was a 49ers, you'd be you would have left. <laughs> you would have got up and walked out. At least they could laugh. True.
2: But you know what? That would a
3: Oh, stop it. <laughs> I had a good point about that. Was that in this game as well, the Steelers didn't create all that momentum without the help of the Texans giving it to them. We had a fun, we had turnovers. You know, I mean, we had a big momentum changer. They got the ball on the three yard line twice, so it's three and the eight. So it's like it's not like they just turned it around and got three and outs. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it was (laughs) like if they couldn't score points and turn that turnover into points when they get on the three and the eight, then Right.
1: I think that turning point was when Timmons sacked Fitzpatrick. That that was that first kind of momentum shift for the Steelers. And then their defense kind of fed off that and started pressuring him a lot more. And that's when we had those two, you know... Turnovers right there, giving putting them in perfect field position yeah. to score. And that's what I was going to go back to.
2: Is like at the end of the day, the Steelers just won by one touchdown, right? Which means you know you take away that those three points minute points. twenty four. Yeah, those points. It's a possibility. Steelers would have lost this game. Yeah. You know, had it not happened for that. So yeah. I mean, and just not to take anything away from the Steelers' win, but they were extremely lucky that they got the ball on the four yard yeah. line, and then the subsequent possession was like on the six or seven yard line, and it, they were win. able to get points off of those. So yeah. you know. But I, that's
3: why I'm saying it's not so crazy that they lost to those other teams because they easily could have lo- lost the Texans tonight. easily could have won this exactly. game if they didn't you know somewhat beat themselves mm-hmm. Yeah and I did. love Fitzpatrick I
2: love Fitzpatrick I, but his beard mustache I don't know what he's trying to do there but yeah, I'm not, that was a distraction
1: I'm not too sure how I feel about him um, he but actually Kessel, Kessel and him had it bearded out
3: You <laughs> said who did? Him?
2: Kessel? 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 Oh, Kessel. Kiesel. oh Kiesel. 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 Sorry.
1: Yeah. sorry, sorry.
3: I knew I was saying it wrong Kiesel. So.
1: Fitzpatrick is one of two quarterbacks Kyle Orton being the other one to start for five different teams I mean you can call him a journeyman if you want to but let let me ask you guys do you think that Ryan Fitzpatrick is the quarterback for the Texans or do they need to think of a different long term I think he could be their franchise quarterback
3: really? I do I, I think he could be and maybe this is a stretch but go with me here I think he can almost be any franchise quarterback. I think he's good and he needs better tools. I think he's smart and, and, you know, I'm a fan of that he's been to Harvard and he's athletic as well. And I think that he, like, he gets into these situations where I feel like a lot of other quarterbacks would panic and he doesn't. Um, and I think he can run. He's he's one of those quarterbacks for me that, again, is kind of in this middle ground of the vet that is, you know, all head and the new quarterbacks that run a lot. I feel like he has the potential to be that. So with the right staff, with the right teammates, he could play anywhere.
2: You know, I, I'm going to piggyback off of what you said. First of all, Ryan is a very intelligent person, as she said, Harvard graduate. But little known stack, um, Ryan Fitzpatrick actually is the only player to score a 50 on the Wonderland test. And it's a test that they give. Um, oh no,
1: he got forty nine out of fifty. Well, he they got forty nine the second
2: time around. Oh, the first okay. time he got a fifty, and then they did make him take it because he and he scored that in like eight minutes or nine minutes was like another record time, and then they he they had him take it again. He got a forty nine the second time, but still fifty and forty nine. That's a ninety nine out of a hundred two times. Nobody has even scored. You know, as I think a forty eight or forty seven is the second highest score. I could be wrong, but he did get the highest. So that just is an, a testament to how brilliant this guy is. Right. So with that being said. Yes, you know, um, you know, uh, like Se- Stephen said, I agree that he could be a franchise quarterback because he has a brilliant football IQ, and that's one thing that separates the geniuses from, the, like Peyton Manning, brilliant football IQ, Andrew Luck. So I think you know that that's one thing that he does have to his benefit. And I he has the athleticism
3: his, too. He like does Peyton have the athleticism.
2: I think his throwing mechanics are a little off, and I, you saw a lot of inaccuracies with him tonight. Yes, but um, you know, I don't know if that—that's just a, 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 you know—you can attribute that to the great pass rush that the Steelers were giving him. But I think he's a great quarterback. I think if he lands on the right team and he gets the right amount of weapons around him, right. which he does, I mean, he has a uh, one of the top three running backs the last five years behind him, and Andre Johnson, who's a you know uh, All Pro receiver towards he's the end of got his good career. Good hands, but too. Still, yeah so i think it's possible but um, cuz you got to remember the texans just 2 years ago went what uh 13 and 3 or something mm-hmm. like that or 12 and it, it's something ridiculous they have one of the top 3 records so this team you know is is, is full of potential and like we saw they could have won tonight but they 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 beat themselves yeah
1: so yeah. i agree with you on the throwing mechanics aspect of Ryan Fitzpatrick, I think that he definitely needs to improve in that area and you saw that tonight because the Steelers were forcing him to throw the ball because they completely shut down Arian Foster mm-hmm. in the second half. Yeah. And you saw those ones- missteps with the receivers. They weren't. He wasn't really connecting with anyone mm-hmm. except DeAndre Hopkins and then Andre Johnson a couple times towards the end, but he really was. I don't know. Like you said, I don't know if you can attribute that to the Steelers' defense and the mm-hmm. good man-to-man coverage, the pass rush, all of that, or if really that's it's just yeah. his mechanics that. Well, need work. I'm just
3: saying that a lot of. And correct me if I'm wrong, but as I remember watching the game, the pass either wasn't close, or it was right on the money. You know what I mean? Like it was. It was like maybe they ran a different route, or this, said You know what I mean? Like. But, like, when I watch the Jets, for example, and I'm not just trying Like, the passes are, like, just a step too far or kind of behind him so he gets clobbered or here or there. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like Fitzpatrick, a lot of his passes are either on or, like, clearly there was a breakdown somewhere. Like, he had, you know, the defense in his face and he couldn't see. Like, there's something rather than just, like, inaccuracy all over the place.
1: Well, yeah. There was a couple that it was definitely the receiver's fault. Yeah. He should have had... had some had, drop balls. Yeah. Should have caught yeah. the ball. You know, stuff like that. Um... I just, I I just have a hard time getting fully behind him as a franchise quarterback. I think maybe we need to see a little bit more from him this season because he really hasn't had an opportunity to play with the team much more than one or two years, you know, since he's Mm -hmm. been in the league. I mean, he was with the uh, Bengals, I think, for two years. Mm -hmm. He was with the Titans for one year. The bills. Here's what the bills were. Yeah, the for bills. Two or three. Longest yeah,
3: yeah. but one it was one only of seasons. They were, undefe- they were almost under. They were like undefeated the first twelve. But games it was only like, like two
1: or three seasons. He has yeah. never really spent a lot of time with a team. Therefore, hasn't been able to develop that chemistry with mm-hmm. his players. Right. So I think we need to see a little bit more from him before I can say he's definitely can be their franchise quarterback. And you know how short of a memory you know people have in the NFL. If you are not performing right now. We're going to find someone better. Right, but what exactly. I'm
3: saying is what, what you've just said is the ultimate catch-22. It's like, right. we need to see him longer so that we can have him be a franchise quarterback, but if you're not going to see him longer, he's not going to be. So somewhere, someone's got to take the bullet and either... Bet on this guy that he's going to turn into it and just ride it with him, or
1: not. Well, you see, you can see the potential there. I think that's right, the that's, only his only saving grace is that you can see that there's potential there. So maybe they will continue see, the, to give him my a little bit thing, more. Thing though yeah. is
2: once you get to a certain age at quarterback, yeah. you need to, it's enough with the potential and to start the yep. results. You know, usually your first right. five years, that's pretty much what they grade you on. That's why the Jets stuck, and not just to go to the Jets because you, but that's why they stuck with Sanchez for that period of time because they were like, okay, he took us to the AFC Championship our first two years, this is someone we're he banking He didn't take
3: us. us in. He's what held us back from getting to the freaking Super Bowl. Can we just get that straight? Okay. Well, <laughs> okay,
2: Santonio <laughs> Holmes' catch uh, was one to help you guys go to the AFC Championship. But at any rate, you we know... You had a great uh, defense. Um, not to go Jets on you, but anyways, you know, I, I, no, I think you, you, know, you have to stand behind uh, a quarterback and support them, but if they're not... If you don't start to see that within three years, because like you said, it's a very short attention span. Or not attention span, but they give you a very short window in order to make uh, impact, and you know after a while, if you're not, and you see that with a lot of quarterbacks, Alex Smith, that happened to him with the Niners. Um, and um, yeah, but that
3: was kind of different. He got hurt, and then Kaepernick came in and just took over.
2: Well, it wasn't like did. he
3: played for three but, years but even, and didn't get see, great results. But even before
2: that, uh, Alex Smith was on the chopping block. This was like you know a, a couple of years before they even drafted Kaepernick. He was on the chopping block, and he actually was like this. He they, he got demoted to second string, and they had someone else, and they were going to try right. to. And then Hardball came there and totally resurrected that program because Hardball was a former quarterback um, and, and who played for the Colts. And uh, but anyways, uh, a, 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 what, to, to kind of just go off what you are saying, yes, a franchise if they're if that's going to be their quarterback, a franchise needs to support them. You can't give the last thing you want is your franchise quarterback to be to not have confidence. You want to instill that confidence in them. The best way to instill confidence in them is believing in them and saying, "Look, you're our starter week after week." As much as Rex Ryan, Rex Ryan said, "That's going to be our starter. He's our starter." You you, you have to say it. You got to instill the confidence right it's, it's 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 it's
3: i think honestly with the quarterbacks too and and this is interesting for me more and more of the rookies that are picked first second third in the draft mm-hmm. are becoming franchise quarterbacks and again I think we talked about this last week or the week before that it's the whole caliber of competition is kind of changing oh yeah like I don't know like if you look at like Russell Wilson he's still kind of new to the game he's a franchise quarterback Um, Andrew Luck franchise quarterback Kaepernick franchise quarterback like the newer Mm -hmm. the people that are getting switched around a lot are the quarterbacks that kind of been around for like six to ten years like Mm -hmm. in that
1: that have always been kind of the second string second string
3: that got to then go because someone got hurt or whatever, but the guys that are coming in rookies being stars are kind of the ones that are making it now to the franchise, which is (laughs) Go ahead, what are you going to say? Yeah, no, no, I I, I, I agree
2: but I mean, you have to look in the NFL, you have to look at the formulas that work for having franchise quarterbacks, you know, if you look the last 10 years of people that have won Super Bowls Ben Roethlisberger franchise quarterback for the Steelers Eli Manning New York Giants franchise quarterback Drew Brees franchise quarterback for the uh, Saints even though he was with the Chargers prior to that trade Um, yeah but but look at
3: Russell Wilson last year he's franchise quarterback but he's not been around nearly as long as any one of those people yeah, but then
2: again, actually no, because Ben burger, he run his first um, he run his first Super Bowl. I want to say in the second or third year um, with uh, with the Steelers, he, he was fairly yeah fairly new into the league. So I mean, I I think what it is is now you just have a lot of these newer players coming in, like you said, Andrew Luck and Cam Newton yeah. and Cam Newton. um
3: Blake Bortles, uh, Blake Bortles, but, yeah, yeah, like they're Bortles, all you know, it's a different caliber of quarterback.
2: Well, yeah, Johnny Manziel even though he hasn't played one down this whole year yet. But um at any rate, you, he's a- <laughs> that's a. that's another story. Yeah. Um, <laughs> don't
1: don't get started but, yeah. on Money Manziel over there. Hey, he can, can is American. one of the
2: most explosive college quarterbacks ever. I'll put, I'll say that to anybody. Bench. Yeah, on but college, be-
1: he is dy- I would
2: take Johnny Manziel over Peyton Manning in college at University of Tennessee. I will take Johnny Manziel over Russell Wilson at U- at Wisconsin. I'll take Johnny Manziel over any college quarterback ever. I said it.
1: But you can you can you know attest to that sometimes we can bring up the jets again mark sanchez oh, great in college sucks in the pros yeah carson palmer eh, he's actually i shouldn't say he sucks he's he's been doing okay this yeah, season look at the cardinals
2: this year five yeah. and
1: one but uh matt leinert USC guy. Great in college. Sucked in the pros. You know, it happens. Just because you're, you know, college doesn't always translate to the NFL. And I'm not sure if Johnny Manziel has what it takes to be a dominant quarterback in the NFL.
2: I definitely don't see him being a dominant franchise quarterback in the NFL. I mean, he has a very specific skill set, and he has a brilliant skill set. And if an offensive coordinator can play to that, there's a possibility you can do, you know, some um, Wildcat formations. You can utilize his, his strengths, but I can't see him as, you know, your every down franchise quarterback the next sixteen years of a team, like you see with some of the aforementioned that we just um talked about. Right. But anyways,
3: <coughs> get back to what I'm I saying. I can't remember when we had a <laughs> franchise quarterback?
2: The Jets, Vinny Testaverde. Kenny o-
3: yeah, Kenny O'Brien, Richard Todd.
2: Yeah, Joe Namath. Well,
3: uh, hello, that was like...
2: <laughs> <laughs> I, that was before we were born, but yes, yeah, still. You know, yeah, we, we could. I don't know, I mean, I think, and, and it's funny, you, you speak. that's a good thing to talk about, the, the, um, the Jets, because obviously you guys have been turmoil on your franchise quarterback since, what, 2000? I think it is, 2000? Right.
3: Well, and the point being, I think if we would have gotten an Andrew Luck, or any team that gets, like, look at the Panthers before Cam Newton came there. Yeah. yeah. Terrible. You know, but um.
1: So, on the subject of quarterbacks, let's talk about Ben Roethlisberger now. Uh, What did you guys think of his performance tonight, Kevin? I'll start with you.
2: You know, uh you know, with with first of all with his with his before I, I I don't think he didn't do anything bad per se. I don't remember him really turning the ball over a lot. I don't um I don't believe he had any interceptions. No. Um I'm going to reference that right now just to make sure I know what I'm talking about for those watching. Yeah, no, he um, didn't
1: have any interceptions. But, he did get sacked uh I think yes, three, at least, yeah, three, times? three times. His stats too. were
2: modest. 23 of 33, 265 yards, two touchdowns. So, a typical Ben Roethlisberger game. I mean, uh you know, he, he he makes the throws when it matters yes or if not he'll throw it off to Antonio and Antonio will make the throws when they matter but uh at any rate, he, he ran an efficient offense, you know, and they needed to um, chew up some time and they needed to control the ball in the second half. He was great at doing that. He stepped into kind of a game manager role in the second half. And, um, you know, you just, you just really see the maturation of Ben Roethlisberger through the years, um, particularly tonight. You know, he controlled the offense. And once they got up and got going, you didn't see him trying to go for the hell Mary or, you know, um, try to go for the... Um, you know, being extremely ambitious. He didn't turn the ball over. And that's all you can ask, especially when you have the lead as a quarterback. Your main thing is not to turn the ball over and to continue running efficient offense. And what, that's what he did.
1: I felt like he was very accurate with his passing tonight. He, I mean, he's got a cannon of an arm. He can mm-hmm. really throw it. And he seemed to really be on target for the most part with his receivers. And Le'Veon Bell, who. Is a running back, but caught more receiving pass yards this year, or yeah, more receiving yards this game than he did rushing yards. Yeah. Um, He's, and Ben even said in the post game interview that Le'Veon Bell is the most dynamic back in the NFL right now. DeMarco
2: Murray, did you hear that?
1: Okay, but I don't have DeMarco Murray's, you know, receiving yards versus rushing yards obviously we know murray is a beast rushing but i'd be interested to see those stats because to me i mean he's i think he is one of if not the top most dynamic back in the nfl strictly because he can catch and get so many yards after carry after catch Mm -hmm. you know and I, I don't know. Do you? Can you think of another person, another running back in the league right now that is more dynamic in that sense than Le'Veon Bell? Well, another
2: person that comes to mind, and granted he doesn't catch as many receptions out of the backfield, but when he does, you've seen the danger is Marshawn Lynch. You know, he's more of a power, True. strong yes. running back. But he does, you know, there's there's quite a few times when uh, Wilson will hit him on a short screen, and he's, he's deadly once he gets to the open field. So, um, you know, he, he, he's great out of the backfield. Also, you know, um, Spro's, he's really good out of the backfield. even though he doesn't line up as a running back every play, but he's one of the most versatile backs, I think, in the league, because he returns punts as well. Um, Who else? Uh, um Ivory? No, I'm just kidding. And also, Arian Foster, who's a great... He actually caught a touchdown pass. Yes. Yes. He caught a touchdown pass today. So, you know, I I, I guess the question is, you know, which backs are more dual threats as far as receiving and rushing? Then, yeah, you know, I I, I would say Bell definitely uh, put his name amongst the top of that with his performance tonight.
3: Well, real quick, to go back to Roethlisbury, because I didn't get to put my two cents in there. I think the difference between him, too, is that he has a full tool belt. He has things to do, and he's not scared. Like he knows when to do what. Mm-hmm. Like he doesn't panic. He stays in the pocket. He's a big, strong dude. You know what I mean? He's so built it's like, like a linebacker. Yeah, he is. <laughs> so he's not scared to let him get real close and take that extra minute—not minute, but you know what I mean. Like take that extra time in order to see what play makes the most sense, which I think creates situations for players to do things. That they normally wouldn't do, like to go out for the little pass or whatever, you know what I mean? And I feel like he's not, he just makes, he makes stuff happen that you Mm -hmm. wouldn't, he uses everyone. He utilizes his team. There's a reason he has two
2: Super Bowl rings, and it's a reason he's one of only two quarterbacks right now in the league. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, that just, that just speaks to who he is. Um But yeah, you know, and, and Ben is like one of those kind of guys that you could see he's very poised, you know, right. especially um upon the lead. He's very poised. You don't have to worry about him making Romo like mistakes, you know, even though they are six and one. So that wasn't a good jab there. But at any rate, <laughs> you know, um, he you know, he's someone a head coach. He's a comfort zone for a head coach because a head coach knows: look, if I have Roethlisberger in there, at least the last quarter up, I know he's going to make wise decisions. I don't have to worry about him throwing a pick six right now and losing the game, or you know, putting us in a uh, in a bind. So, uh, like I said, his maturation process has just been incredible. Watching him the last, you know, ten years. Mm
1: -hmm. I agree. I think he had definitely had a strong performance tonight. Um, uh, The other back in this game that was. Pretty incredible, for the most part, in the first half. Arian Foster, we talked about him. He has now 2,900-yard rush games since 2010. More than AP, more than Le'Veon Bell, more than LaShawn McCoy. Well, we know
2: if AP was playing this year, you know...
1: Yeah, that's true, but yeah. Yeah. you know he's yeah. not. So sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, snap. Um, I like but, it. Ray
2: Rice was playing this year. I'm saying, you know, he. That's another good duel back, Ray Rice, as far as rushing. Yeah. And well,
1: Re- you know, you can't f up outside that's of the true. football field, yeah. and then you yeah. know. We you could have been so good. We <laughs> know, we could have right. seen so much. I mean, luckily we have all these other guys out here doing work. Um Even
2: though I have to go off subject, but has Flacco not been stepping up the last, you know, in yeah. right, Did you see dude threw like what 800
1: he had five touchdown touchdown touchdowns, touchdowns in the last game. Yeah. Yeah. first quarter like the first or half. the first half? Yeah. yeah.
2: I'm like, okay, well, apparently he's not missing Ray Rice, yeah. so, you know,
3: I, I, and that's he's another... thing they can do with exactly. what he's got.
2: That's another th- the thing that I really think, you know, shows and illustrates a great quarterback is someone that, despite key losses, can still go out there. Tom Brady did it last year. He had nobody and was out there making plays, and, and you see Flacco stepping up and doing it. Yeah, so. they,
3: they actually, I don't know if you guys heard this, but the commentators mentioned that tonight. There was a play, and someone didn't get, one of the Texans didn't get to, uh, I think, Brown's catch from the Steelers. Could have been somebody Else's. and you could see that he was, like, pissed off because oh, yeah, clearly... It was DJ
1: Swearinger. Yeah, it could really. Really-
3: Yeah. Yeah. Clearly, somebody else was supposed to go out. It was a coverage breakdown.
2: It was covered too, and he was supposed to go out and cover that. Right.
3: And my point is that the commentators are like, you can't like if your teammate makes a mistake, you got to pick up the slack and go get it. You can't just stand there and complain. And I feel like a lot of these, what we're talking about, Flacco and stuff. A lot of these guys are like, okay, this is something happened. Let's we can't just complain about it and be like, well, we'd be better if such and such was on the team. They're
1: just figuring out what they need to do with what they got,
3: and that's a winner. I mean, yeah. I know it sounds cheesy, but that's a winner, you know?
1: <laughs> yeah, no, Swearinger is is a hothead. He's had some issues we saw in Hard Knocks. Yes. He was, you know, chomping at the bit to somebody um, on the Falcons during one of the preseason games. And as a rookie, I mean, I guess it's cool to, you know, come out there and you sh- prove yourself. Sh- prove be yourself. Be but yeah. then, you know, you it, it it, it, does there come a, a line that, You don't cross. Like I feel like maybe he needs to shut his mouth a little bit and focus more on the play because exactly like Steph said, the commentators all said, Why is he yelling? That's it's it's his team. Like you need to step up. If your team something happens, you step up, you don't yell about it. That's not gonna help. You know the play.
2: Personally, I just think it showed a little bit of immaturity. Yes. You know, it, it, as a veteran, especially as a veteran NFL, you know, football player. You know, you you don't you don't. First of all, you don't immediately point blame at somebody else and start pointing to them and saying you're wrong and all
3: that. You, you don't know, like, do that in life. Period. You well, should
2: you shouldn't, unless of course you're running for a political party and you have to point the opposition's fault. But yeah, at any rate, yeah, you should not do. it. It's not a good thing. Not a way to live your life. You know, um, take it, be a, have accountability. But with that, with that being said, you know, to be a leader, I think it's taking that accountability. And he honestly looked like he was throwing a tantrum on the field after yeah. that touchdown. Yeah, he was. <laughs> he literally was just like crying. stuff so like, dude, calm down. Right. But you know, but but with that, you know, I'm gonna just play devil's advocate and say, well, with that, I do kind of like that because I always appreciate passion and aggression on the football field. Now, people illustrate their passion and aggression in various different ways or emotions, shall I say, because football is an emotional game. So I, I I can respect people that get emotional with the game because it does show their passion for it. So I kind of appreciate that in a way. And if I was his coach or defensive coordinator, I would have told him about that, but I still think that he handled it unfairly. He could have maybe went off the sideline and yelled at them off. I there. think it's
3: time. Exactly. I think it's timing because, like, we saw this in Hard Knocks too. When co- uh, what was the defense coordinator's coach? Uh, Cox? Brian Cox, yeah, yeah, Coach Cox was yelling at him, and all it, it was like we got into a big conversation because he was really grilling him. And I totally get what you're saying, and I feel like there is a time and a place for a, quote unquote tough love and to put people in their place and figure it out. It's not on the field, yeah. You yeah, know what I mean? Tacky. Like you had, like you're only as strong as your weakest player out there. Yeah. So it's like you got to just get it together. You can be aggressive and you can emote, but emote in a way that will make something happen. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like constructive criticism, rather than just sit there and look like a five year old baby's on a tantrum.
2: <laughs> And he really did. Well, <laughs> like he was in Toys R Us in like an aisle and he couldn't get a toy.
1: Exactly. Like, they spe- sold so <laughs> so speaking no, no more Pokemon. Speaking <laughs> of a leader on that defense and someone who is accountable JJ. for their actions. Yes, yes, Mr. J.J. Watt. He, tonight, when That's he had. Segue. Thank you. That was, yeah. When geez. he had that, um, I think it was a false start or offsides or whatever it was that was clearly his fault. And he, you saw him going, you know, my bad, guys, my bad, that was me. And being accountable, like, okay, yeah, I screwed up there, but let's move on to the next play. Actually, previously, he had just sacked uh, Roethlisberger, and then he had that, I, I think, maybe adrenaline going. He kind of was just, like, amped off that sack. But my question for you guys is, do you think J.J. Watt is a legitimate MVP candidate? You know, I, I, I'll put
2: it like this. First of all, we know historically getting an MVP as a defensive player
3: is very rare. There's only been
2: extremely two. L- yeah. Lawrence
1: Taylor two. was the last defensive LT- player in 1986.
3: Exactly. For the Giants. And, yeah.
1: But,
2: but, and I think part of the reason is, is because we're such an offensively productive league now. If you look at, you know, the way that the league is from back then. So, um, as a defensive player, the way that the game is played now, as a defensive player, can you single-handedly have that much of an impact where you can win games through your defensive abilities? And nowadays, you, or at least nowadays in the NFL, you see great defensive players don't get it twisted, but... It's very difficult now to have a defensive defensive player that can single-handedly take over the game and prove that he's the most valuable person, not just on that team, but in the league. So I think it would be difficult. Now, is that fair to defensive players? No, that just means that they have to be extreme. They need to step up. If you got eight interceptions last season, get 12 this season if you're a defensive back. But
3: yeah. But as difficult as that is, I think he could be a candidate. I mean, some of his—they were saying like um, he—he caused like fourteen turnovers already this season. Like he's just. I don't know if he's on track for the same amount as LT, but he's got a lot of stuff. He's just beast. He deflects pass. He gets in there. He's a leader. And you know what? I think that I get it. Like, offense wins games. Defense wins championships. Like, why should that be so hard
1: well, to believe? okay.
2: Now, this is the one problem. The Texans will, probably will not be winning any championships this year. And a lot of times when the MVP is given out, the team how the team does kind of plays into effect of who right. is It award. can play
3: into effect, but it also can work for his benefit because he'll stand out a lot more. Because so, he's the only thing on that team making big things happen. Let
1: me give you guys a couple of stats on Watt. Break it down. So Petition. he is the fourth player in NFL history and the first in more than 50 years with a touchdown reception, interception return touchdown, and fumble recovery touchdown. He is the first defensive lineman with three touchdowns in a season since William, the refrigerator... Perry, Perry. Perry. he he had three rush touchdowns for the Bears in 85, yes. Oh, I was like, his number was not
3: 85. No, no. (laughs) Oh, yeah, yeah, he was 72. 72, No
1: defensive lineman has ever scored three return touchdowns in one season. So I think these are all of the factors that are adding into his candidacy for mvp because right. nobody else in the league no other defensive player is doing anything like this and he even watt almost had a, an offensive touchdown tonight yeah. except andre jo- or uh, arian foster caught it instead he was right behind him though he lined up on offense so i think those are all of the factors that are adding to whether or not he is a legitimate candidate,
3: um, and I think those factors are saying that his team thinks he's a legitimate candidate. You know, like there is no reason that he needs to go in for a little pass into the end zone. You know what I mean? Like, but if he had that statistic as well, it only helps the case,
2: right? I mean, for, well, I don't know really much how much that would help his his case on a defensive end. The fact that well, he lined up he's lined that he's tight an in, and yeah, but just that he's an
3: MVP and he's versatile he and he can do use him any, anything anywhere. Yeah.
2: Okay, let me see him play quarterback. Right. Let me see him kick field goals. Right. But anyways, you know. Okay, so if you're making the case Mr. for extreme, if, I I just wanted to. But if we're making the case, okay, for who the best utility player is in the NFL. Okay, yeah. But I mean, is it do we do we grade an MVP off of all the things that we they can do? Because for example, we've seen Percy Harvin do a lot of things. We've seen Darren Sproles do a lot of things. But I think it's by what you do. How does that affect your team? And how does that produce wins? for your team and if you by doing all these things are not producing wins for your team then at the end of the day how valuable are you
1: right i think that the reason why he's his name is being thrown into the conversation aside from those stats and all that stuff that i mentioned he is the only defensive player doing that in the nfl right now and in recent years so i feel like they kind of have to throw him into that yeah. Con- at least in the conversation. Who
3: else, do you, who else do you think it would be at this point? Right now, if you had to pick three other people.
1: The MVP of the league right yeah. now? I'd say Philip Rivers or DeMarco Murray. What about you? Um, I would say
2: Aaron Rodgers. Because he, he's... Yeah, uh, Aaron Rodgers. That that, <laughs> that that came as a shock. That fake spike two weeks ago sold me. But no... Um, You know, I I I would say uh, Philip Rivers obviously because I mean just look at his stats and his W's. Um, I would say uh, Demarco Murray, and I would say. uh, So you'd say what she said, (laughs) basically. Okay, and I would say, uh, but see, I wouldn't say I wouldn't say J.J. Watt though. I would not I would not put it in. And first of all, I'm not knocking by no means J.J. Watt. You know, uh, unequivocally. The best defensive player right now. If he doesn't win MVP, obviously Defensive Player of the Year right. or other defensive uh, awards. Clearly, he's going to sweep up in. Um, but you know, when you uh, when you look at other things, when you look at who else is playing good football, it's like who you know who else is winning for their teams and who else is doing things that is making their team win. And I look right. at people like Murray. I look at people like Rivers. Um, you know. Yeah. Even, you know, you look at people like Geno Smith who are pathetic. Um I just wanted to say that. That has nothing to do with what we're talking about. But um you know, um I love you Steph. But at any rate, hey you man, know, I don't take just... it personal like you.
3: I'm all good. You can hate my team as much as you want. We're terrible. But I still uh, go on. But, but but no, the reason and the
2: reason why I I do say Aaron Rodgers and you kind of looked at me like that is because you know, if you look at Aaron, okay, granted, yeah, Green Bay right now is not Five and, uh, not five and one. They're not undefeated. But if you look at the way that, especially the, you know, the last three weeks that they've been playing and you know his, his capabilities, I have no doubt in my mind that by the end of the season, especially with teams like San Francisco, No, but that's not the, the Seahawks, question. The question was right today. Who would you give it to? I would still give it to Aaron Rodgers. Really? I would okay. still give it to Aaron Rodgers. Alright. I, I, I mean, I, I, I truly think that he, well, obviously he's single-handedly responsible for um, the wins that they've had this year, and um, you know, I, I would like earlier, I wanted to throw Andy Dalton in there, because man, they were, the Bengals were looking good, but as of, yeah the last two or three weeks, they just Mm-mm. kind of plop, fizzled.
3: See, I was You want to give it to Tony Romo? Just kidding. Tony, you know... I mean, I'm not
1: taking anything away from him. That's the thing, is there are so many... I know, that's... So many players right now. I know, I just wanted to hear Jordy Nelson, you know, you can't say Aaron Rodgers single-handedly helped the Packers. Jordy Nelson is... Beasting it right now for the Packers. He is. I agree. He's so good. yeah, there's I take him.
2: He's a monster.
1: That's the the beauty of this is there are so many weeks left, so you never know what could happen. I pray all these guys stay healthy and continue with this dynamic, insane, outrageous play because it's so fun to watch. Mm-hmm. All these games in these past couple of weeks have been great. I mean, we haven't really had too many blowouts. Per se, I mean, besides Except the, the Broncos and the Niners, yeah. But there's been no, a couple.
2: The, the Bengals actually. No, got blew I know. Out. I'm kidding. Oh, okay. Thank no, you. but there's
1: been there's been a lot Thank more. You. Like I was about
2: to go ham. You saw that.
1: Very close games. A lot of competition. Fierce competition. You know, fighting. It's it's fun to watch. That's the kind of stuff you want to see. Mm-hmm. You don't want to see a blowout every time. So it's nice to see these players playing so well, helping their teams out. All the teams playing so well, fighting against each other. You know. Creating all this exciting football for us to watch, exactly, and that's that's, that's
2: why we're looking now. Out of curiosity, can I ask uh, who would you guys say your dark horse MVP candidate would be? Um, By the way, Tony Romo would be a good one. Yeah,
3: I was gonna. That's what <laughs> I was gonna say. I think um, you know I want Tony Romo to do good this season as much as like I don't know. I kind of want him to do good. I'll just leave it at that.
2: Okay. Okay. That's for I, mean.
1: I don't know. Dark Horse MVP. It's it's tough to say because mm-hmm. I mean there's just so much so much season left. So like I said anything could happen. Geno Smith. Definitely not Geno Smith. <laughs> um, but I love- I don't know. Maxims. Maybe Randall Cobb has been playing really really well as well True. for the Packers and he's I think Jordy Nelson's kind of taking the mo- majority of the spotlight right now, but mm-hmm. I think Cobb ha- is just as consistent and doing just as well in every game too. So I guess I could go with him for my dark horse mm-hmm. MVP. I, like it. I let's, like it. Let's go into news cuz there's a couple things I want to talk about. News. Let's get let's get down to
0: it. Yeah. TV news.
1: So, I don't know if you guys heard about the locker room debacle with the Bears right now. And Brandon Marshall came out after this last game where they scored, I I don't even remember who they played, but they only scored 14 points and they lost. And he came out and said, it's unacceptable, this is unacceptable, it's unacceptable, he said it's unacceptable about five times. Then he started naming off players. He said, we have Alshon Jeffrey, we have Martellus Bennett, we have Matt Forte, we have so-and-so, so-and-so. How are we only scoring 14 points? This is unacceptable. Basically, naming everybody in their offense but Jay Cutler. So there's lots of rumors flying around right now that there is a, you know, rift between Marshall and Cutler, who are good friends outside of the field, are off the field as well. And there is also talk that the uh, coach is kind of losing control of that team and losing control of that locker room because he says oh yeah there's nothing going on between Cutler and Marshall everything's fine but clearly there's not and there also was a lot of like yelling heard in the locker room right before those post game interviews like uh, Robbie Gould was trying to get in the middle of, of, of Brandon Marshall yelling at someone and somebody heard someone say you're just the kicker you know Shut the F up, basically. Mm-hmm. And so there's just a lot of turmoil in that Bears locker room. What are your opinions on that? I feel like I heard there was always
3: drama with Marshall, cause he was at the Dolphins before now, and like keeping well, rivalry he's... with the Jets, we always keep track of them, so I feel like there's, I've heard like other
1: Yes, when he Similar. was with the Dolphins, he was kind of a train wreck. And yeah. he has come out, he has bipolarism and, or bipolar disorder, or whatever. And he has now kind of gotten a hold of that and take is, as far as we know, taking his meds, meds consistently. Yeah, it was great
3: that there was stuff happening. Right, yeah.
1: so pr- prior to moving to Chicago, yes, there was a lot of issues with Brandon Marshall. But since he's been in Chicago, it's been a very good environment for him until now. And these kind of... You know, things are, are coming to light. Um, I, I kind of agree with him in one sense, though, because they do have a tremendous amount of talent on that offense. So what I wouldn't necessarily say it's Jay Cutler. We just talked about the Bears a few weeks ago and how great Jay Cutler played. So, this, this,
2: See, this is the thing. This is the thing. Let's just get down to it. This part of the season, we're going in week seven, week eight, okay? We're, we'll be in week eight, correct? Yes. uh Coming up this, this, this upcoming week. There's it. Yeah. yeah you, you're pretty much halfway through the season. There's only 17 weeks. We're week eight through... And this is the part of the season where things start to play out, you know, as far as, okay, teams starting to realize that their chances of making the playoffs are pretty much slim. Some teams have pretty much already been eliminated, um, or all but eliminated. So, you know, it, it's a very high, um, a very high emotional atmosphere right now because everybody wants to win. You know, by this time into the season, things should be clicking. That chemistry that you went through with the preseason back in June, July, August. Should be clicking. You shouldn't be halfway into your season and having these um, problems where you can't execute on offense. Or where you have players that aren't, you know, Doing their respective jobs efficiently. All that should have been done with a long time ago. So I think for, uh, for Marshall, and it's not to excuse his behavior, but I, you know, but like I said earlier, the emotions of the game. I think, well, as we see, Marshall's a very emotional player. We actually started before he got to uh, Miami when he started off on Denver. because um, I, everyone wondered, why did they trade Marshall from Denver to Miami when he just had one of the best years of his life there? But, Somebody like that, kind of like a Taro Owens, unfortunately that's very emotional, can be cancerous to a locker room. Not saying it's going to happen with Percy Harvin, but you do have to realize these kind of individuals can, you know, ignite that kind of issue in the locker room. So,
3: well, but we also too, and I feel bad a little bit for Brandon Marshall because he's had a past. We all jump to that he's just like there could have been something that set him off. Like there could have been.
1: There's, of course, not everything we read is true. Like true. let's be clear. So it's no, like- but that was he. That was his interview. So he clearly he said all that stuff. It is true. But you know what? Right, but who knows what happened right before that? Right, what was was said before. Right, the provoking,
3: whatever. So it's like, I feel like just because this guy's had problems in the past, we're so quick to point the finger at him rather than be like, well, what happened? Did something happen on the field? Did something happen here? Like, I don't think just out of nowhere he just went into the locker room and started screaming at people.
1: No, no, no. I don't, I'm not pointing the finger at him. I, like I said, I agree with him that something's wrong because they do have so much talent. They should be able to produce more more than 14 points a game. But I don't agree with how he handled it. I don't think he should have said all of that and named all those names to the media because, of course, that's just going to cause... All mm-hmm. kinds of drama and th- ignite some feuds that maybe weren't even there in the beginning. But when he right. was saying the name of the names
2: to the media, he was he was giving them props saying, Look, we you we're a great player. We have you, you're right. a great player. But we have he you. so I, he
1: named I, everyone on the offense but Jay Cutler, Jay Cutler, basically saying that it's Jay Cutler's fault that they're playing bad.
2: I don't know whether or not that was an implication. It, it clearly think could that's have been what but was. at the end of the day I just look at it as it's, it's just motivation. He, that was just his way of motivating him. Did he have to publicly do it in front of reporters? Why on there? No, but at the end of the day, he's saying, "Look, guys, we're a damn good team. We have some damn good offensive weapons, and there's no reason why we damn cannot be winning." Yeah. And that's that's essentially all he said. You know, he, he was he was uh, like I said, he, he doesn't always say the brightest things at the the best times or say the appropriate things at the best time. But I understand where he's coming from, and I actually support uh-huh. him on the statement. And I hope that this they uh, the Bears use this as fuel to motivate that locker room. If there are any issues in there, to use this to bring. Some, you know, amicable, uh, uh resol- um,
1: cohesion, uh, yeah,
2: cohesion or resolution, resolution to it. Thank you. Yeah. Um,
1: <laughs> everyone, please look at this new graphic. We have this show oh, is now called God. Kevin John talks about how his teams are the best. So, speaking of teams that are best, with Stepsy,
3: <laughs> who likes the Jets, that's let's,
1: let's 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 move into predictions. All right, let's do it. Yeah, we're saying how the Predictions, where's our music?
2: Steven. See, he's so busy over there talking about Yeah. Now, speaking of
1: that, (laughs) you can only
2: do so many things at once, guys. (laughs) Don't be picking up I thought you were inspecting Gadget. Yeah. Yeah. Go, go, Gadget.
1: All right, so next week we have the Cowboys and the Redskins. And there are rumors circling that RG3 will make his comeback for the Cowboys game
2: absolutely not that would be the worst so? decision worst idea when they try to it put it back it would be a bad
1: idea but I don't think that they I wouldn't put it past him for doing that
2: what's the point see that's the problem with the Redskins they never give RG3 time to fully recover and rehabilitate his ankle they keep trying to rush him back in there and they keep getting the same result what's the definition of a sanity doing the doing same, the same thing, thing over and go, over yeah. again expecting different results Redskins Gruden if you're listening take note <laughs> let RG3 rest I know that they have some uh, Kurt, uh, Conor, uh back. controversy with um, Kirk Cousins up. and, and Cole uh, McCoy, Colt McCoy yeah. and I understand they're trying to get that worked out and that's kind of the reason they're trying to rest RG3 but please take your time with RG3.
1: Who do you think is going to win? Cowboys. Yeah. Easily. Steph
3: I'm going to go with Cowboys.
1: I will third that and say the kind of time that we've all? I might think the Redskins are going to win though.
3: I feel like Tony Romo's due for a butt fumble. I'm, no, I've, he's not Mark
1: Sanchez. I, I don't just know. don't think that the Redskins I, have enough to defeat the Cowboys with the momentum. Where are they that, playing? Um, in Dallas. That's why I think I there's all the talks the because RG3 yep. is from Texas. And right. the Cowboys-Redskins, I guess, is always a big game. Um, I, I'm going to go. Usually, it's a Thanksgiving game, isn't yeah. it?
2: Yeah, because remember what RG three did to the Cowboys two years ago on Thanksgiving.
1: Aren't they? Are they playing Torch on Thanksgiving? Thanksgiving? No, this year on Thanksgiving, the Forty Nine ers are playing. The yeah, the Seahawks, yeah. which I
3: think. Yeah, yeah but there's it's another game too. At the new stadium, there's a new game too. there's, game too that, there's another game. There's not just because usually game the Lions win. always play on Thanksgiving too. Usually the Lions. Oh, always the Lions play, play too. Yeah. I thought it was always Cowboys, Redskins.
2: Mm-hmm. Nah, I mean, they had before, but I don't... Cowboys usually always play on Thanksgiving, and the Lions always play on Thanksgiving. Those are the two teams that typically always play, but their opponents sometimes vary.
1: Well, maybe they're changing it up now because the West Coast teams are much better. Then,
2: then, there you go. West Coast is the best coast. Oh, and
3: um, here's another Steph, new graphic.
2: So you guys That's, are both... Look at that, Steph. 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 You're, you're Steph? getting your there's own special games.
3: Yes! Steph Z loves the Jets. So there's actually three games on Thanksgiving. It's Seahawks 49ers, Cowboys Eagles, Bears Lions. Cool. Okay, so the, right. the two games, or are we just going to bet on Monday Night Football?
1: We're just talking about Monday Night Football. All right. Sweet. Because what else is there in life but Monday Night Football? Steph Z loves the Jets.
3: Oh, my yes. God, I want a picture with
1: that. that you guys, tell everyone I where they can find you, please.
2: <laughs> uh, I'm Kevin John. You can find me on Twitter, at HeyKevinJohn, or my website, it's KevinJohn.com. Please read my blogs. I write them for you.
3: Hey, guys, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at IamStephZ with an F and actually, I would love if you would go there, click on the link, and give me a vote. Go check it out. I need your
0: votes.
1: And I am Christina Kaplan. You can find me on Twitter or Instagram at Tina Kaplan and go to iTunes, make sure you vote, or vote, talking about stuff, rate, comment, tell a friend it's very easy, continue your comments here on our YouTube oh, yeah. video as and well, and I want to shout out yes. to the Reg Love Core Yes, Reg-
3: R-E-G-L-A-V-C-O-R you're the best, I love that you like the Jets now, we're terrible, I need, I need people to feel for me, and thank you thanks for watching man,
1: see you next week
0: bye bye